Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's really good to be back. Good to have you home since you've been traveling again and uh, excited to talk about the extension, business extension tax deadline that we just completed in September. So September 15th deadline has passed and really wanted to get your thoughts and some things that came up with clients and team during that time. Yeah, our team did a fantastic job with September 15th. I think everything that was in our control uh, went really well. And just like any other deadline or due date, there are going to be things that are out of your control and how you respond to that uh, is kind of the measure of character that you've got. And so 915 is kind of a, a weird animal because when you didn't even work in the business, you didn't even know there was like a second, you know, busy season or deadline. And so from that perspective, I think whenever you did come to work here in the business, you were surprised that there was this whole you know, why, why are you having to work late again at that time? Work late. I, you know, I'm not involved anymore in that side, but wait, I also had to work late. So then, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but just kind of surprising to some that there is that second extension season with nine fifteen uh, kind of creeping up on you because it is right after the end of the summer, you've got labor day there as well. So I think our team did a great job. Uh, the other thing that happens at 9.15, other than the previous year's business returns being due, it is the third uh, quarterly payment due date. So there's also kind of a need to maybe firm up projections and make sure that those are in. And a lot of times we do uh, a safe harbor for that third payment and then do a projection in Q4 that kind of firms things up and right ahead of the January payment. So. From your perspective, 915, I thought it went well. Anything there to add on it? I think something interesting to add there, just because I have, uh, being a spouse working in the business, I have had roles that were directly related to tax and tax administration. And for all of 2022, I have not touched anything regarding tax at all. So in 2021, there was still a very small portion of maybe helping someone out or checking over being kind of a double check um, or triple check for our uh, team that's more geared towards tax. And 2022, I have done absolutely nothing. However, um, just as we have talked in the past, sometimes spouses working in a business feel like if they give up roles or train other people to do certain things within the business, they won't have anything left to do. And I would just like to say that somehow I still have uh, fine things to do pretty much every day of the week, not all day, every day, but yeah. pretty much every day. Uh, there are things that I can still help out with within the business. So that has been very nice that we do have dedicated um, team members that 
manage our tax process and our clients and their needs really, really well. So yeah, I would say that it went really great. And our yeah. team did an amazing job because there was no need to call in reinforcements um, from my perspective anyway on that. Yeah, I think uh, Deidre, the tax administrator, did a great job. And, you know, she's balancing other aspects of life, being a working parent and not even being a full-time um, team member. And so I think uh, she is one that needs to be celebrated at the end of any deadline. And so I think her and the rest of the tax team just getting prepared for that. You did mention something uh, on our way here to the office to record. We did mention that, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about what we were going to talk about before we got here. But I was on my phone, as usual, kind of responding to some messages. But um, that is one thing that we... What you did mention about a spouse giving up responsibilities, because that came up again today. I want to talk about that in a separate episode, um, because that's come up here with the prospect that actually exited the prospect funnel. And I think that'll be a really good conversation for not only our listeners, but for probably us to um, <laughs> digest, you know, that as well. So, so we need to bring in third party mediation into that conversation. Let's see how the conversation goes first. And then if it doesn't get published and we need to have a, a mediator, then uh, people will know. So, but that, that leads us to a conversation that we will have today and post another week or two after this. So looking forward to that one, but, um, but getting back to like nine fifteen. So for those that don't know, it is the final deadline for business returns uh, for the prior year. So this we're in September 16th of, 2022 is when we are recording this. So it is the day after the tax deadline and you have up until 11:59 PM to e-file that return and get accepted. And it's kind of considered your postmark, so to speak. I remember when I started my career, the post office in downtown Houston would stay open late on certain deadline days. So you could get that magical postmark um, on your envelope that was being snail mailed to the IRS to show that it was timely filed. I do not know if they still do that any longer. Um, I'm, you know, I just don't know. So if, if people do know if they do that, that would be interesting to see if some people are still that antiquated that they are wanting a postmark. But um, what came up, what I noticed, uh, so I'm going to save the celebrations for the end, but some things that we did notice leading up to that, um, as mentioned, you've got Labor Day. Uh, so we always have clients Give them about a four-week time time frame to say we need your information before four weeks before the deadline, um, so we can make sure that we go through it um, timely enough. If there's any adjustments, just make sure everything. We don't want any surprises at the end, and we actually had a few surprises at the end this year. So there were a few business clients that were out of our control that we had been reaching out to all summer long, all year long, really at this point, saying, "Hey, get your information in." get your information in. And one of those clients was on a version of QuickBooks desktop that we really don't support QuickBooks desktop any longer, uh, but they brought in their copy of their accounting. We have to take that accounting, review it, post adjustments to get last year to tie and roll forward and then go through it for any errors that are happening this year, tie out certain things, make sure everything's reconciled and then pre prepare the tax return. So um, they're great people. They have three entities, two are real estate related, and then one is their main uh, 
service-based business. And we've been serving that client that way for about a decade and have had conversations to get them onto this new model, this new way of doing business. We no longer accept clients that legacy way with that annual touch point. And so walking away from September 15th, there were things that happened for that client in particular, like we didn't have the most recent version of that enterprise QuickBooks loaded onto our virtual server. So we couldn't restore the file. We had to get our IT company involved who had to download it. As mentioned, we don't work in QuickBooks desktop that often. So it just wasn't on our server yet. And it did go until the final hour. And these are great people. We love the people that own that business and connect with them on so many different levels from a value, a faith-based standpoint, just a lot of way they, ways they run their business, we admire. But we are to the point where we have to now have a conversation to that client and say, it's either this way of doing business with our office or here are other CPAs to contact because we cannot do what we did this year ever again. And it's not our team, like the, the team that reconciled and went through that accounting, prepared the tax return, and the, then even the review of that tax return coming down to the very last day. That may be the norm in other businesses, other CPA firms, other accounting firms, but it's not the norm here. And so whenever you have somebody that sticks out like that, it sticks out. Like, And so all the team members that interacted with them were frazzled the week, the days leading up to it. We just don't need that stress again. And I think it was self-imposed stress because we want to get it right. We want to have the client plenty of time to go over it, ask questions, things like that. And it just wasn't that way. And all of our other clients that we serve throughout the year, their returns were done in February. And so it's like one of those like seven months later, and we're to that point where we just, we know that they're so much better and we're, we're ready to exit the relationship if they aren't wanting to be served that way. So any, any thoughts so on let's that? Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about some of the things that contribute to them needing to wait until the September 15th deadline and even uh, probably more accurately described as waiting till seven days before the September 15th yeah. deadline to even share any information with us for over a year. So the frustrating thing is there's really no excuse in this situation because just the accounting Maybe that they were putting it off as a small business owner. They have many aspects of their business they're trying to run and they were just putting off what they probably don't enjoy doing. So it's preparing that file for a tax return. So it was probably just procrastination at its best. And there was no reason why those three entities couldn't be done in February or March. And that's what's frustrating on our side. So in that example, to answer your question, there is no reason why it had to wait that long. So then for that client, what would they need to do in order to, even if they weren't becoming a full service client where we take over their accounting, we take over, what is something maybe that they could change internally with their processes so that we could potentially, they're a legacy client, so that we could still serve them because they do align with so many of our values because we do have the history. Even if we were still going to serve them on just an annual tax basis, what are some things that they could do to be able to file in March? 
this is gonna this is gonna sound probably bad, but at, at this point, they're not an ideal client for us. Uh, and so they're great people. Like we can truly still love them regardless if they're a client or not of our business going forward. We are to the point where we have, we do business a certain way. And even the way that, that our team serves those clients who do business in the way that we do business are structured a certain way. It leads to balance throughout the year and, and even leading up to tax deadlines. So I am to the point as the leader of the organization, we have to exit things that do not fit that model. So for, for us, it's a either, or like it's either you adapt to this full service online based accounting module and service model, or it is locate another CPA that can just do an annual tax return because we are not in the commodity business. We are in the advice business and we can prove our value when we're giving advice. We can't prove our value when we're doing just a tax return nine and a half months after the fact. I love that. And so, but I still want to stay on like, what can a business do? Because I yeah. think a lot of small business owners, they place themselves in a category of, I have to extend and the the only reason might be for them, I have to extend because I'm so busy doing other things, say during the traditional tax season, like the beginning of the year is super busy for their industry. And so they're saying, I, ha I have to do it this way. And I just want to point out that it doesn't matter what industry or when your busy times are, no one has to. There are very few cases where you would have to wait and file at the extension. And so just talking through, I know that if that business potentially moved to an online version, or maybe they set up a different way to remote into that system from anytime, anywhere, then potentially they could update their books every single month. And that way at the end of the year, it's very minimal work to turn it over in February or March. And so it's, it's that kind of thing where there's a few things or um, changes or processes that you could make that wouldn't require a lot of work each month or throughout the year, but would make a huge difference when it may be a really busy time for you in February or March where you're not having to do that work. Not to even mention any of the other benefits of making business decisions off of current data um, that doing those things would help you with, but just simply put from a tax standpoint, keeping all of your data in one place, keeping it organized and keeping it updated monthly, then tax time doesn't become a burden on any one person or even on the, the business as a whole because it gets busier at that time. And so really pointing that out for anyone who may be listening who has always just put themselves in the category of, I need to wait and file an extension because I'm, I'm busy during February or March, um, that that doesn't have to be the way. And also a little plug here, if there's no one in your organization who can make that happen on a monthly basis, that's where you look for 
outside help. That's where you look for a fractional team or you outsource a piece of the business that you're not able to do. And that just helps make things run more efficiently, more smoothly. And then you avoid potentially having to spend time looking for a new CPA, looking for a new, you know, any service provider that that might be. Yeah. Um, to use an analogy, uh, you know, and this is just where we're at. These clients have been great clients for 10 years and I would hate to see them go, but it's the, it's then the Starbucks analogy that I go back to. You're not going to bring your own coffee to Starbucks. You're not going to bring your can of Folgers or whatever you drink at home to Starbucks. Hell, even bring your own coffee pot to the Starbucks on the corner <laughs> and tell the barista, I want you to brew me a cup of coffee, use my coffee, use my coffee machine. That's just not like businesses have evolved past that point. Like, so we as business owners, what's doing right for our team, what we believe in, and the balance of life throughout the year, we are removing ourselves from those heavy deadline due dates that get that way. Now that scenario is one scenario. So we have to essentially make ha make that conversation happen with our sales team. They'll go into it. They are an uh, ideal client profiles, but they still have to see the value of a team of three serving them throughout the year. So that's to say like that will be a conversation. I think we've tried to have that conversation with this client before, but it's, you know, if they say no, nothing happens. Like, so why change? People hate it. And so I think that's where now we're, we're prepared to exit the relationship. So if they, if they want to look at other options, then it will be outside of our business. The other, the other scenario. So we mentioned like you asked a great question, what could this client do to, and, and there's no reason why they couldn't do, we do have other other clients that actually do have a reason to wait. So we have a small subset of clients where it's, they're pretty much a family office. And what that means is they've got some investment dollars and they go out and invest those dollars in multiple businesses and get uh, schedule K ones from those partnership returns. And our office doesn't control the accounting or the tax returns in those investments. So we have to wait for K ones to come from other tax returns. And so we've got uh, a small handful of clients where we're essentially the accounting and tax arm of that family office. We don't handle the financial investments, but those people all, they are the ones that have to wait. And so that's, we've prepared for that all year long. We know like leading up to this point, what we can do before we get to this point. And as soon as that final K1 or K1s come in, then we can wrap up that return. And it's kind of like dominoes falling in our office. And only, you know, one team member really serves as the client controller on those large relationships that do this. And so as soon as that K1 comes over, it's boom, boom, boom. Like all these tax returns can then get finalized that we have control over. It does stink that those come down to like the last week and a half, but that's just the nature of those investments for them. So I'm totally okay with that situation because we, we like, there's no excuse. There's, I mean, there is an excuse on that side. So it's like, they can't control it. We've gotten everything else and it's all been reviewed everything. We just have to pop in that final one, review it and go. So that's a lot different than the first scenario. 
What are some things that our team does? We haven't always done this, um, but what are some things that our team does now to proactively prepare for uh, the, the extension deadlines? So instead of, well, we actually don't have any seasonal team members, so we don't lose people after April. And um, we do allow people to have, especially the people that are dedicated to tax, their, their days do slow down just a touch after the deadline, but we don't have people taking off months at a time in the business. And so what are some things that we do proactively to help prepare for that deadline so that we are really just inputting that last piece of information and, you know, being able to stay on top of and manage that, I will say easily, even though I know it doesn't feel easy when yeah. you're coming down to the last couple of days. I, I think the the biggest piece is communication. So communication with the clients, communication with our team. So uh, going back to Deidre, Deidre does a really good job. Deidre also takes a lot of time off or scales back in the summer months with her kids. And so um, she has been calling people, you know, to try to get information in since Q1. And we have to figure out, are these people, did they go somewhere else? Because they're not in that. There's so much work to keep up with some of these annual clients that it's not easy anymore. And it, it's almost another business altogether that we're running just for these annual touch points. And it, it's hard to really serve them at the level that you want to serve. Deidre does a great job and tries to get a, get ahead of people, but you can't cause them to answer the phone. You can't call cause them to send you what, what you need, send, you know, over the missing pieces of information. And, and that's frustrating. And so communications, number one, the, once they do send over some information, we prepare as much as we possibly can. Once we, once we have majority of the information. So if we're just missing everything, we're not going to get into that project and spin our wheels and then have to essentially recreate the whole project whenever the, rest of the data comes in. But if we've got majority of the documents and we are just waiting for a couple of those external K1s or anything like that, that return's been prepped, reviewed, pretty much ready to go. And then it's just dropping info in right at the last minute because that's what we were waiting on. So um, we, 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 you know, treat it just like a regular project that's, that's done. Like, you know, so. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think number one, what you said was communication. We're not sitting back waiting for clients to, to bring or send their stuff in because they, it, it really won't, um, be top of their mind until September or October. They're not going to naturally think about that during June, July, and August. Even if they have access to that information, they're not thinking about it because they know the due date is September 15th or October 15th. Okay. So we we don't wait any longer for uh, the client to remember about it. We continue calling and reaching out. I think the other thing is allowing them uh, electronic access to upload their documents is huge that they don't have to, they do not have to bring anything to our office and they don't have to rely on mail to our office that they can electronically get that to us securely and easily. They're not hesitant about sending it through email because we don't um, accept documents that way. So it's, I think making it easy for them, giving them multiple ways, you know, through an app that they can 
take a picture with their phone and scan it, or they can, you know, save it electronically and just upload it to our system. So I think that also helps a lot where people don't have to be necessarily in front of a computer or schedule time out of their day to go to an office to drop it off. So I think those two things really help. And then, you know, preparing as much as we can with the information that we have and and not waiting until we have 100% of the data to start it. But, you know, if we've got 70 plus percent of the information, we can go ahead and, and start it. Yeah. And I, I'm so proud of our team and our business that our team has essentially embraced and created to where we can make these calls on, are you a fit? Are you going to do business the way that we do it? If not, you know, there's other, there's plenty other places that you can go and well, maybe, I don't know. We've, there's people that aren't accepting new clients either. So, um, but we have to stick to our business model and what makes sense. And it all comes back to time and that team feeling balanced and good and fulfilled at the end of the day and not running a fire drill because someone finally decided to call you back um, <laughs> or drop the information off. And that's been super frustrating. And we've let people do this for years. And we've done a very proactive job of exiting clients from the business that don't fit. But we still have a few of those legacy clients to where it we held them for a reason, right? Like it was a connection of a, like a relationship or something. Uh, maybe it was just the promise of a financial reward on the other side of that project. So I think the, the main thing is there that we now feel confident enough in our main business to exit the annual relationship piece. And so some uh, fun conversations will come up in the next few weeks and month uh, about those and, it's, it's the same thing, you know, if the firm owner's listening, it's the people who drop stuff off, whether it's in person or drop it in your portal with no advance notice, you do the project, you send them an invoice, you wait for a check that it, everything is on their side as far as control. And you've got a business to run. You've got payroll to make, you've got decisions to make in your own business. And whenever that person's timeline then becomes your timeline, when their problem becomes your problem, to me, where we're at, that's not acceptable anymore. And so I think that's where I hope more of our friends that run firms and business, similar businesses get to a point. And, um, you know, if, if there's no work coming in, I've, I've been in businesses, I've been in this business where it's like, you just kind of wait around and you let life pass you by because you don't know if you have to go to the office because someone might come in, work might come in. I'd rather know if no work is going to come in and take a day off and, you know, go enjoy it and have dedicated downtime or go learn a new skill, go do a hobby, something. So I think it just comes down to that communication time and being fulfilled in, in the work that we do. Um, so and not to go off on a tangent, but if if people are considering graduating clients on helping them find a better fit for services, they no longer fit their firm um, sometime between October 15th. And I would say like November 10th is probably an ideal time yeah. 
to give the client plenty of time before the holidays start. Because even if you think, well, I'll let them know January 1, they have all the way till March or April to find somebody, um, that's that's not really a great time. It kind of makes people anxious if yeah. they learn January that they need to find somebody new. So letting them know ahead of ahead of the holidays is probably ideal. Um, you've likely filed their return. So you're, you've uh, fulfilled your commitment to them for that year and then allow them time to find someone else. And then if you've partnered with somebody <laughs> or know and can give them a few names of who to go to, that's even better um, yeah. rather than just sending them on their way and saying that you can't do it anymore. The only thing that I would add there is maybe get paid first too. So <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not just when they sign, but make sure that you, yeah, you've been paid for that before you let them know, yeah. or you may never, you may never see that money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. a, that's really important. Okay. Well, let's talk about some celebrations other yeah. than the fact that I have not been involved in the tax process at well, all. That's, that's, a, a, huge that's a huge celebration. And, you know, I think we'll talk more about that here in another podcast, but, um, so it, people are going to be like, especially the, the people that run firms and tax practices and everything like that. So I myself was out of the office like for four days, five days leading up to the nine fifteen deadline. Now I also don't, I don't handle hardly anything with the tax practice any longer, but Charles, our director of tax who like, that's his baby, right? Like that's his responsibility. He was actually on vacation uh, Saturday through Tuesday. So the 10th through the 14th, well, he actually, his flight got delayed, so he didn't get home till Wednesday. So the, and he wasn't like logged in and connected and like reviewing returns or doing anything like that. So tax director of a, you know, somewhat respectable CPA firm, uh, being able to take, you know, three or four or five days off right before a deadline, that's huge. And so, I, when he asked me about it, I'm like, man, that is totally your call. If you feel comfortable. And uh, I think he logged a few hours on Labor Day just to prepare for it. They were in town on Labor Day, but then he was able to go to Moab, Utah and have a great guys trip and spend time with his brother. And like, I haven't heard all the stories, but I, I assume it was much better than reviewing tax returns of people who, <laughs> you know, don't have the respect to send you things timely throughout the year. So um, so that was awesome. And then another one of our controllers, uh, Katie actually took vacation like a couple of days or a day last week in the middle of September, like September 9th or 10th or something because of like a bachelorette or something that was going on. So, um, man, I'm so, you know, just that, that gives me great joy that I think we figured some stuff out on that tax side and the, the, seasonality of it, the hours that go into it. We did have one team member, I think that was logged in on Saturday, but that was, I think it was directly related to that client that we couldn't figure out their QuickBooks file. Like, so like that sucks, you know, that, that was, she was in charge of that project and trying to figure that out on a Saturday for a couple hours. Um, the other, uh, you know, Molly who handles a lot of those family office clients, she may have worked a little bit more too, but that, she knows it's like seasonal for her. So she doesn't work that much the rest of the year. So it's just kind of one of those things that we all prepared for. So between those four or five different, you know, success stories. And like, when I say I wasn't here, like I 
was gone. Like I was, you know, kind of off the grid in Traverse City, Michigan with another team. And so I think that's, that's the piece that it probably blows most people's minds of how if you structure your business and follow your business model the right way, all the, all the freedom that you can have in running your business and living life the way you want to live it, like what more could you ask for at that point? Yeah. And our, our team members being out were planned and scheduled. And so we were able to work around that. But I think what's important to note is if we had had an emergency situation and a team member had to go out the way it was structured, it wouldn't really have changed the outcome of the deadline. It it would have still been the same. And there would have been um, not so much work that every person was drowning that somebody on the tax, like on the dedicated tax team who knows what's going on and knows the processes could step in and help fulfill the duties if somebody had an emergency and needed to be out um, during that time. So I think that that was, that's really awesome and speaks volumes to um, just the leaders in our team, our team members who know the value of if there's something I can do today, let's get it done today and not wait for tomorrow or wait for next month. Um, and, and then can, you know, breathe and yeah. not, not be so anxious or overwhelmed when we're coming up on a deadline. And the other thing, like they didn't work 80 hours up into that vacation. Like they, you know, that was the other piece, like August and September were pretty even. Like we even had, you know, firm retreat in there for a couple of days, really half a week. And then a lot of those team members, controller and above, went with me to Dallas to a conference. And that was three days of their week. And it wasn't like they were working around the clock. Um, you know, I think one person had to put in a 10 or 12 hour day. And it, that is totally unusual. But it was so that that person could prepare for something else coming up where she wasn't going to be available. So people are adults, just treat them like it, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things where there's, there's such, there was such frustration in like my life and living around a tax deadline schedule that now that that is not a thing, I can't imagine ever going back to having like waking up with panic attacks on the 14th or the 15th of every month and asking myself, what did I forget essentially? So. Yeah. And I love that. I believe it was Katie's comment about never wanting to work those hours, you know, consistently long-term ever again, a 10 or 12 hour day that that is no life to live. And I think that just, it just affirms or confirms the point of people don't really want to work those 12 hours. um, They don't want that badge of honor. And if you feel like there are people in your office who do like working those long hours or don't mind working those long hours, it's because it's what's being rewarded. And so they're not working those long hours because they like the long hours. They like the reward that comes from that. And so if you find a way to reward those team members in a different way and set up different processes, I guarantee they're not going to want to go back or ask, can we please work extra um, during a certain season of the year? Yeah. And I think kind of the final point on this, um, kind, kind of the thing that makes me most upset 
is that a lot of times the people who work the most in those firms are the partners themselves. So it's the senior manager and the partners themselves. And then they wonder why they can't hire people or want, or people don't want that senior manager partner life because that, that is not life. You are tied to an office or you are tied to a computer screen for 12 to 14 hours, 16 hours a day, most of the year. If you really are honest with yourself, like tax season is more than just a couple of months. So it just, it, it, like, it just hurts my soul to think that a lot of those are my friends that own firms and that have reached a certain level in their career. And what they have to do is kill themselves essentially by working all those hours because they have a capacity issue. And then that capacity issue is really a, a team member or a staffing issue because they can't find people that want to do that type of work and have that type of schedule. Those people don't exist anymore. Like those people are now the senior managers and partners and nobody else wants to do that. And so I think you have to change your business model. You have to change how you serve people. And um, that's not just one firm. It's so many in our industry that has to figure that out. Well, I think what we can end with a big, huge congrats and thank you to yeah. our team who did a phenomenal job for the September 15th extension deadline. Um, and I look forward to our next conversation. Yeah. And also any other firm owners out there, you know, one deadline down, you got the October 15th to go. If, if you feel like there's a change that needs to be made in your firm, do it, just do it. And so don't, don't live another year in the weeds or in the crap. It's just, you know, there's less, less life to live on the other side of that. So, um, would encourage anybody to reach out if they've got questions about that. So. Sounds good. All right. All right. Looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.